You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Powered by the ADHD coin, here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. I'm back with my man, Jordash. Jordash, how you doing, my friend? Man, happy 2023, the GOAT year. I love it. It is the year the year of the GOAT. Michael Jordan, shout out. Shout out to Travi for like telling me about that. And when he did, I, it sparked like a, a, a art piece that I ended up creating that I dropped for our AI art piece. Uh, you know, it, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not into like, you know, I feel like the the COVID years have, have polarized my like resolution concepts. And like, I just want the world to be calm. And I just, you know, I'm not sure about resolutions, but uh, when yeah. I heard like, Oh, you're the goat, like 2023, that makes sense. Like, you know, right. I, I, you know and maybe the next year is the year of steroids. Cause my boy, Barry Bonds, you know, 24, I got my, uh, you know, although he was 25 in San Francisco, 24 in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, whatever. Um, we, we, we'll yeah. figure that out when we get there. Right. It's, but uh, it's been one hell of a year. I think, I think we could all probably agree that we're glad 22 is behind us. I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think anybody's upset. I don't think anybody's upset, especially if you're in this crypto space, Web3 space, NFT space. We are if happy. You're in the world. Like, who in the world right now is like 2022 was my shit? Like every tech stock collapsed. We got a war. I'll tell, I'll tell you one, people. The people that have shorted all those stocks. They're, oh, sitting, they're, they're very, very happy. <laughs> yeah, those people that like we, we, we hate on for being negative and like right. uh, and predicting negativity, yet they're the ones that are living like their, you know, the best positive lives now. But right. I, I all will, those uh, shorters. Yeah, there are not, no shorting. Although, like, you know, shorting NFTs is an interesting concept, but uh, you know, that's a that's a weird, uh, you know, kind of flip on this. But, you know, before we jump into we have some, you know, I want to have a conversation around. 2023, what utility means, some of the utility you and I uh, are excited about, even breaking down some of the different ones and like how we can think about it. But, you know, if you look back on 2022, George Ash, I'm curious from your take, you know, um, trends or like thoughts on like things that you take out of it as like uh, positives, things that we can look at and say, you know what, like that's, that's going to move us better. Where, where do you, where does your mind go? Like, I guess, cause 2021 will probably go down as like the year NFTs kind of establish themselves. Um, one could argue the year that established the shittiest benchmark of all time, which caused 2022, 2022 is a result of 2021's bad benchmarks created by NFTs. Um, but you know, that's when, you know, CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, V Friends became household names, all of that, which, you know, kind of created this space. But, um, yeah, what's your take? What's your, you know, as we look in 2022, we try to move into the the year of the goat. How do you look at this, this past year? Yeah, totally. And I, I think you're right. I think you, you you definitely want to look at 21 is that was kind of the year that, that that it took the next step up that adoption curve. Right. That's where, um, you know, it went from those innovators to really those first movers at that point in time um, into space. Now, I look at 20, I look back at 2022 and, you know, I'm I'll be the first to admit that's when I jumped into NFTs. Right. Early 2022. Um, I wasn't in NFTs in 21. Um, I've been in crypto for a while. But, you know, until 22 came around, that's when I started making that jump. So, you know, those first 
those first few months of 22 was for me was being a sponge, bro, soaking up, learning, right? Looking back, making some stupid tax decisions, right? We look back <laughs> now on. So, uh, you know, it was that, that I look, I always look at 2022 was kind of like my first step into this space, right? Into the NFT side of things. Now, you know, when I look back over the last 12 months, um, 10, 12 months, I should say, um, it's, it's, and I did this a couple of weeks ago, you know, just seeing the, for personal reasons, how I evaluate projects now, how, what I, what are my expectations from projects now? What are my expectations from communities and from founders and, and how do I, what, like, what do I want out of projects has definitely evolved and changed for the better. And I think it's, I think it, you can take that onto a, um, more of an industry side of things. I think us as, as consumers, um, in this space, I'll call us the, the collectors of the of the NFT space has definitely shifted. And we talked about this on previous episodes on what do what how should how much should we hold um, accountable founders and expectations to them for what they're going to deliver? So, you know, that's number one. The second thing, though, I will tell you for me is one of the big positives I will take out of this was how active and relatively speaking, um, how active big Web2 brands got into the space. Um, and, and when you start looking at obviously the Nikes and the Starbucks we talked about on the last episodes of the world, but when you look at, you know, Tiffany's partnering with CryptoPunks, right? That, yeah, that, that would, right, right. So, and then you're looking at all these car companies, you got Porsche, you got, you know, um, Rolls Royce, you got, uh, BMW just announced they're coming out with, you know, some blockchain technology and NFTs for their, so like all these big brands are, are taking that initiative because, and that tells me, we talked about this before follow the money. They're not doing this just to be cute. Like they're not doing this, just to be cool. They're, they're doing this because they understand the trends where this is going to be going to over the next couple of years. So that solidifies my confidence in the space, regardless of what price Ethereum's at, regardless of what price, what price Bitcoin's at, regardless of what the media is saying or what scams are happening or, or frauds are happening that are, that are out there. I'm confident in the long run because I think we're both in this game for the long run. So that'd be the second thing I would say. But then, you know, the third thing I'll say, it was, you know, I, I equivalent to like the ICO 2017, 2018 timeframe of there was just a, a shit ton of scams and frauds, bro. <laughs> like there's, there was industry shaking things that happened. Right. And you think about like how far back does, like, it seems like years, Terra and Luna, right. Or three arrows capital. Like that was years we ago. Actually, it was six months ago. Was- disruptive all hell if SBF doesn't happen, right? FTX and SBF doesn't happen. It was a year of chaos. Yet the most global, you know, the the largest of the catastrophe. You're right. Like, I mean, I think of Terra, I mean, it feels like, I I don't even think of it as 2022. Like that doesn't even feel like (laughs) No. And and, 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 and think about what, like that moment in the May, June, July timeframe, when all this stuff, when the world was melting down with all this stuff that was happening and with horizon going down and all these other folks getting hit with, with, with terror and all the stuff that went down with there. Imagine if that wasn't even though, like you would tell us then, Hey, that's not even the biggest thing to come this year. Like, <laughs> like not think about that for a second. Right. right. And so it's like, Oh no, we're just going to wait till, till November to drop the bomb when SBF comes in and, you know, and it's crazy the stuff that's happening now with, you know, and that that story is not done with, right? Things no. change every single day with that stuff, right? But you know, that's. But I, I I think you know I'm always trying to find positives in situations, right? And I will say, I bet you, when we look back, you know, in a, in a couple years, we can probably look back at 2022 and say that stuff needed to happen. It sucked when it Hold happened, on. but it's because it cleared out 
riffraff. It brought in hopefully logical regulations come into play, and and, and it just it, it's it, it cleared out the what what needed to get cleared out of the industry. And you know, hopefully those people were made, are made examples of. And you can't do this stuff in this space, and we won't tolerate it. And obviously, you know. It, what will happen is going to happen. But at, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, those are kind of the three things that I kind of look back on 22, 2022, excuse me, that I'm always going to remember of, I got my feet wet. <laughs> there were scams and there are some big brands happening in this space. Right. And, and, you know, and that's, that's going to be fun. Right. And I think it's going to, um, it's going to fun. It's going to be fun to connect the dots of the things that happened in 2022 here in the next year or two and see kind of where, where we're going to head at, which we can probably talk about. But from your perspective, man, what are your, what are your thoughts on 2022? You know, it's hard, you know, because I look and I, I love where your take on that, you know, it's hard to think that I don't think we're better off today than we were a year ago, but yet right. I believe we needed to have the last year to be better off a year from now. Right. right. It's like a weird mindset of like, Cause I don't know if we need all of that in one year. I mean, heaven forbid, right? Like if you look at <laughs> like, like, you know, right. like we could have been stretched out over two years. Would have been nice to get like a little, but at the same time, if you're going to weed out the weed out, like you might as well, like, you know, it's like, it's like one of those things like, you know, both you and I love, you know, sports and like, you know, it's like that joke, right? Like, do you want to be eliminated from the playoffs on day one or on week 18? Right? Like, cause like, cause like someone likes to be like, you know what? I like to still have a chance in the last week of the season, but you know what? That hurts. And you know what? Your draft pick hurts. And like, there's a lot of things that like fall off versus like the team, right. like, I mean, the Texans, the Texans. I mean, they haven't been thinking about playoffs this year at all. Like they've literally been playing for next year. And like, maybe they have a better advantage than my, my, my Steelers. But, you know, I think 2022 for me, it was a little dose of, you know, don't believe just because you don't understand what's going to happen or you don't believe what's going to happen. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Right. And I think we have to think about right. that on the positive side, right? Like, if you would have told me a year ago today that in six months the market would come to a, a crash and then we'd spend four months trying to survive and then we'd have the wheels pull out of us, I would have told right. you the craziest person ever because I was I was trying to figure out 40 mints today, right? Like a year ago today, 40 Ethereum mints down to 12 so I could just research 12 to pick one and then do the same <laughs> thing the next day. I mean, there were so many and it was it, and, and like the crazy thing is for people to like think about this, right? Like a year ago, projects minted out. Like it, like I, I give 2021 a hard time, but like January, February, right? If a project took six days, we we're like, man, slow burn, slow burn, slow burn project right. in January, February, right. right? But like then we realize, like, oh wait a second, like where is this liquidity coming from? Where is this money coming from? And I think as crypto influenced us, right? So like. I don't know. I think this is, you know, I look back over the year. I, I, I think you're right. Like, the, I mean, and I would also throw brands that made the play in Web3 as a whole was a big sign. Like Walmart right. going all in on, on Metaverse. Like, holy, right. I mean, what they're doing in the Metaverse, I mean, right. let's face it, it's Walmart. Like, I, I mean, right. who wants to argue in if they're looking at that as a space, right? I, right. I'm also like, you know, I, I always seem to be the uh, Facebook uh you know, like I advocate, which is so a weird space to be in, but like, you know, like I look at Facebook in a weird way. Like we, we were mad at Facebook and Instagram for calling them digital collectibles and not allowing crypto to be authenticated a year ago. Right. Well, what did they do? They, they renamed them. They distanced themselves from crypto and they kind of yep. position themselves as digital assets and vehicles for the metaverse. Like right. we might end up looking back at those that understood 
hey, let's not get caught up in the waves of crypto, the uncertainty of NFT projects. And let's face it, I, I mean, the copycat world that 2022, like I believe we forgot to innovate for six months of this year and we're going to pay 18 months price of that. Like we, we were like, wait, Bored Ape copied the same contract as crypto punks that put that as, uh, as mutants. And then they had the serum and then they had the dogs and then they had other side and they had ape coin. Let's all just do that. Right. Like why not yep. copy at all? Not even recognizing, like, like you said, like, I mean, cause like when you say it, it's funny, cause like, we as consumers are smarter today, but we're not richer. Like, truthfully, right? <laughs> say, say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we as consumers, we're smarter today, but we're not richer. And that's a, that's a hard dose of reality to accept because like, I'm all for holding people accountable, all for believing in the long term. But you know what would right. be nice is that some of the short term was not so toxic and polarizing right. that had to require us to like, kind of like, have this long-term side. But I think on the flip side of it, I will say like, I was kind of assessing my bag around New Year's Eve and there's projects that I minted in late summer of 21 that are still building. And part of me is like, you know, like shout out to crypto dads, shout out to lazy lines, shout out to crypto chicks. Shout, like there are some projects that like, Every other project around them and since them have pulled the, oh man, I didn't plan for no secondary market. I didn't want to sell out my company. I didn't want to have, bring in a new founder. I didn't want to, but like there are projects that have kind of evolved in that space. And like, sadly, I don't know if they are rewarded long-term for their success. Maybe 10 right. years from now, we look back at these projects and mean like, they should have massive value, right? I mean, like, like yeah. those of us that are long-term holders, like, because like I, I always joke like Drew, Drew is a, a big fan of the uh, historical NFTs. Like he always is like, and I, 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 I mean, if you if you think about it from like Pokemon cards, I mean the right. the Pokemon cards that people care about today, people literally put in the spokes of their bike back when those things came out, right? Like it was like, oh Charizard, <laughs> like right. nobody gave. Right. I, I don't even I, I know Charizard just because I know they're worth money now. Back then, if someone would have given me a Charizard, I don't even think it, it would have. It would have been on the nightstand where my business cards go. That everybody gives me a business card, right? Like so, like right. in a way, I think that's that's part of it. And I think the last part is, and I'm curious your take on, you know, growth as collectors. I I think was massive in 2022. The question right. I have for you is between right now and a year from now. Will the growth of NFT founders and brands be as great as it was for collectors over the last year? Ooh, good question. I um, I'm, I'm trying not to put my hope thoughts in here, <laughs> but you know, I I, 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 one thing you said that that really stuck out with me is, you know, we feel it felt like we've been kind of plateaued for this year, right? Like it was like we haven't really taken huge steps forward, right? And I, and I, I equivalent that to answer your question here in a second, I equivalent that to, you know, that's a bubble bursting. That's what happens when a bubble burst. Yep. And I think there was so much hype leading into 2021 into those first couple months of 2022. It was a bubble. You call, call it for what it is. It's a bubble, right? Same thing that happened in 99 and 2000. Same thing that happened in, in 07 and 08 in the housing market. It's a bubble of inflated assets. And once it bursts, things get cleansed out. There is some pain along the way, 
but there's there's hey, we just got to survive kind of thing in, in there as well. So there isn't much pushing the, the envelope because there's not enough resource and or we know specifically in the NFT space, there's not enough liquidity in the in the whole marketplace to be able to support all these new collections and this growth that people want and everything. And, and, and people are still remembering 2021 where it's like, how do I go raise four million dollars within in, in four days with just a, a, an allow list, right? That's it. Like, I don't have to do much marketing. I can just put it out there. I can hype it up. And it's, so it goes back to the hype marketing that we talked about before. That's, that's getting thrown to the wayside, which is a good thing for the long-term longevity. Yeah, of all the things that I think died in 2022, I think that died. Like, I think we could probably both agree that the, 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 and I, and, and I don't know if that comes back, right? Because I don't think. No, it doesn't. I don't even think new people in this space are prone to that hype because even the hype around, like, because, you know, it'd be one thing if crypto and NFTs tanked in the second half of the year and the stock market, the economy, and the world thrived, right? Like, that would be, right. we'd be talking a whole different world, right? But, like, 100%. We, we, I mean, all of 2022, I mean, what they say, $16 trillion were lost? Like, $16 White. trillion dollars worth of wealth was lost last year. Like, right. So, like, for anyone that's listening to this, and I know we've kind of we've gone into this like not even that's not even negative, it's just reality. No, but the right. truth is, like anyone that would challenge NFTs cryptos for last year, challenge where their money has been, their 401k, their, their their hyper tech market that, that that existed. Like, I don't care what they were in, gas, gold, like I mean, like none of those things all of nope. a sudden are better off than they were six months ago. So I think context nope. on that is also kind of one of those you know important things. A hundred percent. That's where like we can't get too siloed into our space. We have to zoom out and look on a macro environment to see what else. Like we're an asset class. NFTs, crypto is an asset class. There's multiple asset classes out there that we need to sit there and compare ourselves with. Hey, how are they doing? How And exactly what you said. You look at inflation. You look at stock price. You look at tech stock prices. You look at all these comparables. It proves that I think one thing that it it, 2022 did prove, though, is. Crypto, especially Bitcoin, is not a, re- a recession-proof asset Correct. class, right? There, there, there is, sold on. It was being sold that for a long that's time. That's what it was being sold on, right? And it, and it proved that it's not, which is, you know, good or bad or, or in between. It is what it is. So, you know, I think there, I think all this hype marketing and all these theories, going back to what you were just talking about this, you know, with Bitcoin being in a re- re- uh, recession-proof um, investment, a lot of stuff – was the truth was found out. And some of the things that the truth wasn't what we wanted to be. Right. But we needed to find that out. And we just found it out in a, in a, in a way that we would probably love to do in a little less painful way. Now, like I said, now going back to your original question, like what is this going to look like over the next year? I personally think there's going to be a lot, a lot more brands jumping in two feet first into this space. And it's going to be a huge thing for us just from a space in overall, right? Because when you see brands like the Disney's of the world, when you see other brands that we know for decades that are, are, are embracing this technology, embracing this stuff, and they're, they're, they're bringing, they're basically putting their trust on the line for us to latch onto and new people to latch onto. So going back to your, uh, your other point of like, you know, are these are new people going to get hit with this hype marketing? I'm going to say no because there's too much good in this space now of people doing it the right way that they're going to there's like they're going to drown out the hype marketing, right? Before earlier this year in in 2021, 
hype marketing drowned in anything good out, right? That because it worked, mm-hmm. right? It just worked, and so like people didn't have to put much effort into it. And this it, this shows that just shows the, how sophisticated uh, uh, a market becomes. And it's like I said, this happens in every industry. Markets and consumers become more sophisticated with what do they want, what do they like, what kind of value do they expect, yada yada yada. That's what's happening there. So I think growth wise, I think we're going to see more brands in 2023 jump in. And I think they're gonna, there's going to be a bigger development, both from a leveraging blockchain inside the technology, not just even from NFTs, but inside right. of businesses and operations. I think we're going to be starting seeing that being embraced more. I think there will be more NFT collections leveraged by brands. And I think yep. there's going to be a, a consistent play on the metaverse for brands. Now, I don't, I'm, I don't expect, I think... There was expectations coming into 2022 that this was going to be the year of the metaverse, right? With Facebook right. jumping in and all this other stuff. I still, I agree. I think we're still five, seven, 10 years away from what we see, what we, what, what Hollywood has sold us on the metaverse, which is Ready Player One, which is like we're all in this all immersive experience. And I would argue until hardware catches up with software, which always is a laggard. Software always, always. moves faster than hardware. I'm going to tell you, there's not going to be people running around with Oculus headsets on to be in the metaverse for hours and hours on the time. That's not going to happen until it's, and I think Apple's going to jump in with AR, VR glasses yep. this year. I think that's going to be a next step. And so like, I think people are, the, the big brands are still going to start positioning themselves from a metaverse play and start dabbling a little bit more in that. But I also think, I don't know which one it's going to be. And I'm not going to try to pick and choose, but I think either entertainment or gaming is going to be kind of the next industry that's really going to start taking that next level of leveraging the technology, whether it's from ticketing, whether it's from in-game play, whether it's from additional experiences, right? And we talked about this. You, you touched on this a little bit last um, last episode, but like you look at what happened in the World Cup, right? It was so yep. rare, right? They had almost 600,000 people join their join their game. And what's cool about this, and we I think this is going to, we want to talk about utilities here in a second. Dude, we're, me and you are both sports fans. Right. Like, bro, you know my criteria now with NFTs. Make me money, save me money, or give me an experience. You give me an NFT where I can go play catch with Patrick Mahomes, I'm in. <laughs> Let's in. go. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm that's wearing a like, jersey right now. Put me on right. the ice you go get on the ice with the Penguins. You can go throw yeah. your skates on, go skate around that. Like You're in. That's like – so utility-wise, I think that's what we're going to get away from just – and I think I've mentioned last time, it's just like this PFP stuff. It's like, no, like what is tangible and an effective utility, but it's going to be based off a user, right? And based off of kind of what um, the user wants. So I don't want to go dive too deep into that yet, but like going forward, I think that's what I'm most excited for. And that's what I'm taking away from 2022 is these brands that are, are becoming the first movers, they're laying the trust and groundwork for these new brands to jump in in 2023. And, and when these big brands do, markets are going to follow that. So before we jump into the utility part, I want to, you know, a year ago, one of the big discussions was Solana versus Ethereum (laughs) versus Cardano versus, and like, there was like this, there was like, you know, and and I, I, I don't believe in maxis on on any of the sides because I think, I think extremes and all these, it's like politics is like, you know, people that are so stuck in their way and polarized and they're not empathetic to understanding other sides are just the root of the problem. But but if we assess what 2022 did, is it really broke down the true essence of all of the blockchain and crypto and, and the space? One could argue Solana's ability to have an Ethereum rebound of 2019, 2020 is probably not there 
because right. of where the rest of the space economy has been. So then the question becomes like a year ago, I mean, I remember, I mean, and I, I mean, I love, I mean, I have a lot of Solana NFTs, right? And I, I always loved Solana's blockchain technology for what it was worth. But I will tell you the thing that we didn't mention, which is probably our own demise, right? Because I, I preach celebrate wins, stop giving bad news, the, the noise. But yeah, I talk about SPF and I don't talk about the, the ETH merge because we had pretty much the greatest transformation in the technology yes. that exists ever go off without a hitch. Like right. zero hitch. Like no right. no no Winkle Vosses got involved. No Bahamas <laughs> got involved. I mean, and in a way, like the ETH merge almost got lost, but I believe what the ETH merge did was it level set like the the biggest complaint, right? Or I think the biggest complaint was environmental. Second biggest right. complaint was the ridiculous gas fees that existed, right? And what and right. I, I mean you want to get sick to your stomach, and I don't recommend anybody doing this. Go into EtherScan and click that little button where it tells you what it was worth a year ago or when you bought it. Oh my! God. <laughs> that is not healthy for anyone's mental health. Like if we're if we're talking about twenty twenty three mental health. Like hey, anyone from EtherScan is listening. Could you disable right. that function or maybe make it like pa- like drunken password protected so I don't click on right. that button and realize right. I'm like, right. wait, I paid point oh nine ETH for get wait. ETH was what? And I'm like, I'm paying $680 for a $300 NFT in gas because I right. think that the the non-doxed founder might release art that might be like, holy hell, right? Like, But I the bigger question is, and, and it was kind of big news as of recently, right? Uh, D-Gods, Utes, um, which, yep. you know, let's just say, I think they have a little bit of a... Um, polarizing fly by night and for those that don't know like i'm into d gods uh in the summer of 2021 um i was never felt more rug pulled in my entire life um i realized that this was something i didn't want to be associated with and i got the hell out um and then all of a sudden i was like wait they're still going like i was so confused nine months later whenever that project even existed uh and then i minted youths right you and i both right we had some youths in our our bags um but they made a big move right they moved eth and Polly. And one could argue, like, the poly, the poly move is such a weird move, right? Because Polly is almost like the the kid sister of Ethereum, where you're not really going on a different blockchain. You're kind of just you're kind of mirroring where we're at, right? I think I think probably if I had a if I had to throw my two cents in, I'd love to hear yours. Last year's conversation was L2s, Solana, Ethereum. What's gonna be the what's gonna be the NFT vehicle? I think now the vehicle is how do we use ETH and Poly to move forward? And then what are some of these other chains going to do to make up? Like I can almost argue that I think Solana has a very tough 2023, but I don't think they die because I think the fundamental components of what Solana was built for is so beautiful for Hollywood, so built yep. beautiful for high-end gaming where it's mass transaction, max compute, max, you know, like, um, you know, kind of shit, you know, shifting of resources. So like in a way, like Solana going dormant-ish for a year or kind of falling victim of its own kind of like rise that it had. Cause like, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know where ETH will be a year from now. I'm pretty damn sure Solana will not be a hundred bucks for a year from now, right? Like, I think that's 100%. just like where, where I look at it. So what, what's your thoughts on the blockchain conversation? Because yeah. it's another thing you would have told me a year ago that we wouldn't be arguing about blockchains, I would have told you you're crazy. 
I'm like, dude, we're so early. We're going to be right. arguing about NFT blockchains for years. Right, all of a right. Sudden, like, ETH merge things happens, and everyone's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Bottom fell out, but, like, this ETH thing's pretty good. Even even for for fungible tokens, yep. Ethereum is now a play. And I don't think I ever saw that coming. Right. And I, I think you're right. Like, it's funny. Like, that that happened, what, it was in September? September happened? Yep. August. August, September. And that was like that's like in between <laughs> Luna and 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 you know FTX. This this amazing huge historical thing happened, but it gets lost, and, right? And no, one thought, no one thought could happen, would happen, or right. you know it had been delayed for four freaking years, right? And it happened in between all of that, right? Right, right. And it, and it's gonna get it's gonna it's 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 like a little blip in the in the history of 2022 now, right? Because everything else has dominated the headlines now. But you know, I, I think um, you know, first off, with with it's interesting with the D gods move, you know, and, and full transparency, I snatched up a D God and a U the day after FTX stuff came out when Solana dumped and everything dumped, and I was like perfect entry point. And I may bite myself, you know, in the future because I flipped it the next day, right? When when Solana recovered by 50% and the floors doubled and I was like, let me take profit, right? Now, here's the thing. I, you know, when I look at NFT projects now, I look at it from an ecosystem standpoint and from, you know, a founder standpoint. I I think they're going to have still have some issues with dust. I don't think that's figured out yet. And I think that's a big selling point on there. And I think they're... Very, very close from a security standpoint, a la ApeCoin, and I don't, th- I don't know how they have that set up. So, like, not financial advice. How I looked at it, I was like, that was one been one of the things that attracted me to it, but I don't, I think there's risk involved with that. So I, I you know, I was, I took profits and I and I did what I did with it. So, but I do think it was a good move for them to get off Solana because I think, like you said, I think Solana is going to have Solana has a rough, a tough he- a road ahead of them. And I think them being the king of the hill on Solana, there was no upside for them on Solana, like zero. Like there, right. there's the people because the people that were on Solana's marketplace cannot afford not not like in a bad way, but they they just they're not paying 500 soul for a project when they can go when things are minting at one and two soul, right? Like, and there's a there's a smaller buyer pool over there. So I think tapping into the Ethereum side of things, I think it's going to open up their buyer pool, which is going to open up a whole new people to, to come into their community. So I think that was very smart. So they're not tied to Solana, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Because like you said, them playing with, with the whole polygon, it's, it is kind of like the stepsister, right? Of, of, of Ethereum. I mean, it is what it is just from a perception standpoint. Now I look, you look at the big brands that are jumping on polygon, right? I think I would argue polygon probably had the best, best opportunity in 2022 of all the blockchains. Like if, I, if I'm, if they I'm the best. Yeah. I think right. they were number one just, probably. With, with the partnerships they secured and things along those lines, I think they probably, however you want to gauge that, I think they, they were relatively happy with what happened in 2022. So I don't know how that's all going to play out, but you know, I think to your question around blockchains, I think, so ETH poly, I think they're going to be the, they are, we're going to ride this thing through. And this, these are the leaders of the space from like a, um, an overarching thing. Now, what I do think is going to happen, though, is there's going to be blockchains that are going to be niche specific, right? So kind of like what you said with Soul. Hey, this is a great one for Hollywood, for gaming, et cetera. Boom. We're going to – and I think that's where their shift has to be. I don't think they can compete with Ethereum's and the, uh, and the and the polys of the world anymore. I think they need to figure out 
who are we going to serve and how do we serve them better than what ETH is doing right now? So that yeah. means understanding who their market is, understanding who their customer is, understanding what they want, their desires, their pains, all the stuff that you, you need to know from, from, from niching down and focusing on customer. Because when you can do that and you can say, hey, we own the Hollywood space, the entertainment space, the ticketing space, whatever, that we're – that the is music space, I mean, like, there's – Right. Those are gaps. So I think I think that's the next evolution of blockchains are going to because not all not all things are going to be valuable to run on ETH. Right. We see that right now in projects we're involved with. Right. Yes. Gas prices are cheaper now. But when I when it's costing me 30 to 60 bucks just to claim a token like that could be fractions of pennies if it was on the right block. Still the same utility token. Right. Like it doesn't it's not like I'm but like so I think there's use cases that make sense on ETH. But then I think there's going to be use cases because like that's the thing. It's like within gaming, people aren't going to want to pay 60 bucks just to transfer something over a, 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 a skin or a whatever it may be. And it has to be faster than Ethereum. Right. Yeah. We know there's still some improvements for the network coming down the line. But like so I think there's going to be the, the, the niche down blockchain is kind of the next wave of blockchains that are going to come out. And because they're going to be very niche specific. Right. Because every niche has their own needs, wants and desires. And I think that's going to be the the, I would argue is going to be the next thing that's going to be exciting because that just shows you it's it's it. I hate saying this, but like history doesn't repeat itself. It leaves clues. This is the same thing that happens in every single industry. There becomes a market leader. And then that market leader is going to continue to push the market forward. But then there's still going to be a lot of food for feed a lot of other businesses or competitors on that space they're just going to be focused on different niches there only can be one market leader right and that's what it is right like yeah. you look at amazon's aws is the world yes that is that runs 90 percent of the internet but there's specific hosting and services that are offered for specific use cases right that 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 makes yeah. sense so like it's the same thing that's going to happen here and it's going to be it's going to be cool to see and i think i, I would actually argue there's probably a handful of blockchains that haven't even been developed yet for use cases they're gonna they're, they're gonna learn from all the mistakes, not mistakes, all the things that happened in 2021 and 2022. Understand that they're gonna find a new use case and they're gonna build on top of that and crush it. And they're gonna move a lot quicker from an adoption because they're gonna learn from what's happened over the last year and a half. Yeah, and I think also the other vehicle on that is like right now, wallet technology is piss poor, right? We're still stuck with the same wallet technology. Um, the fact that exchanges are even relevant still at the moment is still a weird. Right. Uh, you right. know, use case. Um, I think the flow blockchain um, is built for long-term stability. We mentioned anyone yep. that, you know, if you're curious about like poly and flow and this like hybrid blockchain, and we talked about Starbucks for 30 minutes last episode, you and I did um, yep. like they're doing that. What right. Right. Like they're like, there's no you there. Like there's reasons that like you want to be on Ethereum and pay the, and charge the Ethereum gas prices because of what it's going to give you, right? The smart contract components that don't exist right. in other blockchains. This is the fundamental yep. aspect. If I can't write this fundamentally into Poly or into Flow, it needs to be on Ethereum. Sorry, customers, you're gonna pay the price. Now, we talk about the merge, the purge and the surge are going to happen in the next 18 months. And that could right. really disrupt the whole game again, right? Because if those go off smooth and all of a sudden Vitalik is continuing to deliver, which I mean, that guy's delivering. I mean, I, I mean, he's a, he can't he's a argue. Like a moon generator, and like I mean, we got Elon running fucking Twitter, and we have you know Vitalik. But like in a weird way, I mean, I I sure as hell am not betting against Vitalik in twenty twenty three, and I mean I don't think we have a reason to, including like you know Ethereum.org right. and, and that group. But something that the other part of this is right now, I think there's also a scramble 
that even if Ethereum is where the base NFT exists, what is like the utility and how do you like manage it, right? Because like right. there's like there's like some notions that say we need coins, right? We have the coins of the yep. world, tokenomics. There's some that we need additional NFTs. Let's airdrop NFTs. There's some that say like, let's just collaborate, cl- create a marketplace that like the marketplace ends up being no better than Chuck E. Cheese's tickets that you get at, you know, at Chuck E. Cheese's, right? Where you're like, I got these tournament prizes. Like, else in the world accepts Chuck E. Cheese token tickets, right? Like, but the Chuck E. Cheese little marketplace that allows my daughters to get a Nerf gun that I spent $150 for the $18 Nerf gun that they're all excited about where I'm like, what the hell did I just do, right? But, <laughs> you know, like, we're in an interesting space because, you know, one of the things that you said earlier, like, I, and this is so crazy, right? One of the days that I knew we were in trouble, shout out to a project called Chibi Labs. So the, the Chibi Apes, Chibi Galaxy. This project, in my opinion, still to this day, is the one of the most innovative projects that exist. 3D art that is epic. They've had a they've had a game for, I don't know, nine months that you could use in their game, right? They've had three collections. They were great at how they rolled out their collections. They have videos. They're active in their community. They sponsor and collaborate with great metaverse projects. Their art is, is top of the notch. But I remember being like, and I, I, I was betting heavy on them. And then when no one gave a crap about how, how great and how innovative they were, I was like, something's wrong in this space because like, what do people give a crap about, right? And so what, what I believe I ended up kind of taking from that was if we all get reset, and we all get a chance to give a crap about stuff again, right? Like I think right now, like every person that's listening to this right now, don't evaluate your NFT bag based on floor price or even the the popularity of the NFT. Right. Base it simply on if I'm holding this a year from now, what do I get between now and a year? Right. Now it could be right. financial. It could be so I'm curious. So let's talk, let, let's let's talk the second half of this episode. A little bit on like utilities right and you know with 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 what we just talked about with the eth you know uh, eth focus kind of conversation that we're having um you know pfps and and let's let's be truthful right uh i think one of one art has a lot of places to go ai art still has a lot of innovation to happen um these yep. marketplaces uh, we have an episode coming on the podcast um i started creating ai art and i've never been more confused on where to put it because like i got nifty gateway known origin super rare i got zora i got foundation and i just assumed you pick one and you roll with it well none of them have the same exact features and benefits none of them have the exact same audience none of them have the same price point so i was like so like with that being said like we we often give pfps a little bit of like shit for like lack of utility lack of innovation but like if i looked at it from like the one-of-one art that people sold you know two and a half years ago what people sold and where that like where that existed, nothing has been innovated in that space. Like we're, we're still dealing with the same area. So let's throw out utility. And I'll throw out the first one, and I'm just curious your take on projects that are let's just say projects. Thriving is not the right word. Projects that are still here right now and haven't gone anywhere. What's your utility thought? And I'll throw out your first one. You can throw one back at me on a second gen or third gen collection as a, as a next utility. And before anyone's like, that sounds ridiculous, bored apes that everyone holds on the holy grail 
tell me the utility besides a concert at NFT NYC that they've provided for two years. We think they're the greatest thing since right. sliced bread. Yet they just right. literally did second gen, third gen, fourth gen, fifth gen coin. So Jordash, your take on 2023 projects rolling out second, third gen collections as utility. Yeah, I... <laughs> that's a that's a doozy to start with. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna go right. away with the first one. Nope, 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 right. Nope. All right. We want to use you want you want to jump in right here with that one. All right. So I'll tell you this because you're you're 100 right. If you if you take a step back from 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 Yuga's ecosystem, right? You got board apes. You had the mutants. You had the dogs. You had ape coin. Um, you had other sides. You have what are the dog collars now that are about they're they're dropping now yeah, and the stuff Jane, coming we have, now. We have we uh, have. The, give me the, the trial, trial the Jimmy, trial, Jimmy. something right. Jimmy should be up there's, there with there's SBF, a coin, right? There's like a, a key coming out of some butthole somewhere that I'm really confused so on how that we, we could do a whole episode around that video. And I I, I would I really would love to understand what was the anyway. That's a whole nother whole nother topic. <laughs> so I'll tell you this. I personally I have not been a fan of secondary collections, personally. Um and and and, and third generation, etc. Because typically what I found is they're they're putting those out there. I'm not gonna say all. Oh, what are the ones I'm? A lot of them I've seen. Put them out there just to raise money to help fill the roadmap that they promised with the first one. So you're you're with with the be first one. Be friends. Be friends. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I so so I'm sitting here. I'm like, hold on. You you made a promise. You sold out the first collection. Now you're gonna go raise a second collection to fulfill the promise on the first collection. Then what's going to happen? How are you going to fulfill the promise on the second collection? Oh, do a third collection, right? And and I'm not going to call it a I'm not going to use a p word, but like that there there there's some there's some schemes out there that 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 sound very familiar to this, right? And so like I sit there and I'm like, it makes sense to have a second collection in my opinion. If that second collection can either stand on its own, and there's 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 a reason behind that, and or it fits into a bigger play from like an ecosystem yes. standpoint right and so like that's where and 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 i think the projects that have done it that way i don't think they've done a i think there's there's room for or there's an opportunity for improvement to communicate that better was saying here is the universe we are creating we did the first one here is the second piece of this big big universe that we're creating so it, it they, people can wrap their head around the big picture i feel like people get so caught up with from collection one to collection two to collection three, where we don't take that 30,000 foot view and say, okay, how is all this connected and how does all this stuff fit together? So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally against second collections or third collections or fourth collections or whatever. I'm not a fan of them because I haven't seen them be pulled off right yet. Right. And, and, and you can purely show that in their price, right? The first collection is always the most valuable. So from a, from a holder standpoint, from a collector standpoint, if I'm if I'm the first generation holder, why do I want to invest in the second one? I know it's not going to be nearly as valuable. Now I will say this on the flip side though: if I'm a new if I'm a new holder into that community, maybe that's my entry point. Like that's what I did with Yuga, right? I don't got any board yeah. apes, I don't got any mutants, but I got some other side, right? That was something I could go put my money towards because I'm not going to go drop eighty ETH on on a, on, a, yeah. on an ape right now, right? So. I think it's it can serve two purposes, but like once again, I haven't seen it pulled off effectively yet um, on a on a grand scale things, and and I think Yuga has the benefit of the doubt of 
they are that on that pedestal. So they get a lot of grace. And I think that, you know, they have so much resources that they they really could care less. Honestly, if, if someone wants to FUD their project and say, hey, we're going to tank the floor. Who cares? Because we're not relying on, on, on secondaries. We got a bag of 450 million funds we've raised. We raised 500 plus million on other sides. So like we have the resources. Y'all do what y'all want to do with the project, right? So like I think they have that luxury versus other projects that have released secondary. They are reliant on these mint funds. They are reliant on these secondary sales. So when they come along and they don't perform nearly as well, and they either have to cut their the amount and or make adjustments, then they're really screwed because now they don't have the funds to fulfill the promises that they wanted to fulfill with the first one. So that that would be, I'm just not a fan of them to be honest with you. And I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna I, I hope something changes in my mind in 2023 with these, and I hope that there's um I hope projects feel that pull that off. But you know I I I look at most of them as cash grabs if I'm gonna call a spade a spade, and um well, yeah, I think- that's. I think we, they have it? to. We so the problem is you're right, and also the problem is we have to expand more than ten thousand entry points into projects, right? right? And the you know pudgy penguins is a great example. And I looked at pudgy penguins and was like, I can't afford a pudgy penguin. I'm wearing right. a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. I kind of like the art. I can so I bought. I minted little pudgies, and right. they oversaturated. Right, it was twenty five thousand pieces, and everyone's like, dumbest mistake of all time. I challenge anyone to go look at the floor right now. Right? I mean, right, um, eight at uh, ten or uh, eight, eight x the the mint price, uh, USD mint price of when we right. minted the the little pudgies. But to your point, it took nine months for them to educate people on what the hell they were going to even do with that expanded right. ecosystem. Right? It's like Adidas. Like when I saw Adidas, I only have a a ten thousand piece. I'm like, what in the he- Adidas has what market? How many people does Adidas serve with shoes? You think they're going to stay to a ten k piece? But to your point, almost every little queen sister you know kid uh, you whatever. Know, whatever derivative like version of they've all been crap we need a refund right and and i think i, I think here's anyone that's listening to this that wants to help advise other projects come up with great mechanics to help projects that have two sets right they have their genesis and they have their second one come up with mechanics to help them maximize value for those new holders that are holding that very low entry point. And then that yep. also don't cannibalize the primary. I can promise you, you'll have work for freaking year. You'll have work <laughs> for the whole year. If you can right. figure out, and I think there's places, right? Like the number of people hold, right. Or burn mechanisms. Let's start burning some of these, these additional ones. Like there's plenty of innovation that can happen on these yep. second, third generation projects, but you're right. The, I mean, and I and I, I jokingly said V Friends to start off because you know I was so pissed off that I wasn't part of V Friends one. And I went to VCon and was blown away. It was hands down the best event of the year. It was the best event qu- culture wise. Best I was just the people there loved that project so damn much, and they yep. showed up that I was like all of a sudden proud of my V Friends series too. And then right. a couple of weeks ago, I got a bunch of text messages like Phantom. You were the man. You have an elf. You just got into Gary V's exclusive Vayner X amazing entrepreneur academy. And I had to reply to every one of them and say, no, I got a series two. And you know what I get for holding an entrepreneur elf series two? Well, if you know what I get, I, let me know. I don't know. <laughs> there. I get right. Leave us a review. Let us know. Because <laughs> I, I don't even get a VCon ticket. I bought a VCon ticket to get next year's VCon ticket, which I got. Right. But like, 
And right. it's not even a shot at Gary because Gary, I will give also Gary very clear credit on this. He said afterwards, about six months after V Friend Series 2 came out, he said, hold on, we're not going to be doing a V Friend Series 3. We're going to level right. set this mark and we're going to bring this entire brand and IP up and we will yep. not be rolling out any further. So for me, yep. that was like the, okay, I, I can chalk this. It's kind of like the Yuga, right? Chalk it up to the Yuga, chalk it up to the Gary V. Like those are like, it's Apple and Amazon, right? I got Jobs and Bezos. I, I can go those directions. But I think yep. there's like the pudgy penguins. We got like the lazy lions who many of us love. We have crypto dads, we had crypto moms, right? Like, we, I mean, there, I could I could list 30 projects that rolled out of phase two. And, and here's the thing I think, and then I'd love to hear your, you know, utility you want to throw my way. Yep. This is not a knock on anyone that, 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 that delivered that second one because where we were at and like what we were all building, there was kind of like a, well, no shit. Like look what the mutants did. Like, I mean, it, you were almost you were almost naive or dumb not to have like I mean the fact that there's not a CryptoPunks version two and version three like or MeBits version two and version three like like in a weird right. way like those projects kind of shot themselves in the foot because they they kind of could have but I think yep. the bigger picture now is assess who's your holders who's holding what and find yep. mechanics and mechanisms to make that work especially I would say between now and the summer because you have yes. a great you have a great timeline to figure out how to kind of bring that collection into like one greater piece because yep. I mean, I, I'm a little selfish in that too, because I hold a lot of gen one and gen twos of a lot of projects. And uh, I still question why I've ever bought the gen two of them, but I'm with <laughs> you. The, but we have to have it because yeah. when we, when, when more adoption happens, 10,000 pieces is going to look like a dump. You imagine if baseball cards, when they came out, only came out with 10,000 baseball cards. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right. I mean, literally, the the Ken Griffey Jr. 1989 upper deck card that is like the world-renowned card, there's 8,000 of that card alone. Just that one. (laughs) Just that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, like, it would be 8,000 of, like, the, the, you know, the the panda uh, of the V-Brands, right? Like, 8,000 of that individual. So we know that a 10,000 piece is not the end all be all. We know that there's going to have to be a bigger move, but let's, uh, let's chill that on like the utility moving forward. So I'm with you on that, that for uh, yeah. just kind of well, conversation. And I, and just real quick on that, I think you're right. Like if you look at the, you, I was going to go back to the Yugas and the Gary V's, right? What was it? V friends too has what? 50,000. I think it was. Yep. 50. Was it? 50,000 and then an other side has 100,000 with another 100,000 coming. 100,000 plus 100, right? Right. So they're going to have 200. And so, like, but that's where, like, going back to what you're saying, like, I'm betting on the ecosystem and the founders on those projects right now, holding those things because I know in in two or three years, four years, five years down the line, that series two is going to be very, 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 very valuable. I know that other side land is going to be valuable because those projects are not going away. Their reputations are on the line and they're, they, they are like, Gary doesn't need web three. Web three needs more of Gary's. Yuga doesn't need like Yuga like that. Like if, if Yuga fails, we're like, we might as well all just we're go all back done. and get some 95s. Right. Like, let's, <laughs> like, let's go back to the, to the web two world. Right. So like, that's where I'm like, I'm not gonna say too big to fail. Cause nothing is too big to fail, but like I'm, 99% confident that in, in that investment in the long run, but then there's that difference between short-term and long-term utility, right? And so that's why I want to I throw back to you real quick is, 
you know, from like what projects have you got great short term value from that you're also confident in their long term value? And then also I want to I want to I want to add a spin to that digital or physical. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, um, having the privilege to buy uh, a sweatshirt for full price because I hold an NFT is not going to be the answer. Um, right. Uh, really, you don't, you don't want that swag for the NFTs, man. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's be very clear. I am a swag whore. I'm wearing literally an NFT hat. <laughs> I am a merchandise aholic. Right. But that being like my value at like the thing that I get, get out of here. Like get, right. I, I, I buy that for like, I buy that for every brand I love to begin with. That's right. not like a, a bonus utility. Like all the, now and even like, like, I've changed my tone a little bit on exclusive merch, right? Because, you know, there, one could say like, oh, like I just got my NFT NYC uh, 2022 hoodie. Like they literally sent me out for speaking there. And I was like, my, and for those context, uh, and sorry, Carter, I got to throw you under the bus. Uh, Carter was watching my hoodie, my 2021 hoodie when I went to the bathroom at a 90s babes party. And somehow that thing went missing. And we, he tried to literally... He tried to fight every giant human being that was in there that might have still stolen my OG hoodie, but um, <laughs> but I, I guess like so I do believe physicals is a play. I mean yeah. the CNN led off on New Year's Eve and said millennial generation cares so much for nostalgia and physical items that collectibles not only are they coming back. But we are going to like triple, double. I think they called it a four trillion with a T dollar a business, T. Like, like market. Like I mean, like so. But there's something to be set up. There's a difference between, hey, I can. So I, I'm looking right now, right, like right through my eye shot. There are two V friends um, stuffies that were. I walked into Macy's. My I have three daughters. Toys R Us is now in Macy's because you know we killed right. off that brand. Sorry, Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey was sitting there. He had his own little, like, he's like in the back corner on floor number one in a Macy store. But I will tell you what, I got goosebumps walking around the corner and seeing the whole end cap with V Friends. And the material's great. There, were, there was a bunch of little kids walking around. The one little kid had the giraffe stuck under her arm. And I was like, oh my God. Now, I wish it was an elf under her arm because that's the NFT that I held with be friends. Not that I'm jaded and trying to get entrepreneur elf into the uh, mainstream uh, conversation. Right. But it did hit me a little bit in the – and I went and bought some, right? I bought some for, for Christmas and for my daughters. And um, I think there's something there, right? Like on – like how do we – because like there's something amazing about we, – we've sold it, right? Like ownership. Like the reason we like a, a Tesla or Mercedes or Lexus or BMW – like that hood ornament isn't there just because the hood ornament's there, right? The hood ornament's there. So when you pull in that parking spot, people know what color no. you're driving, right? And that is right. that's legit. Now, the problem has always been no one knows what car you're driving with your Instagram profile or your Facebook profile or if you're that guy that has like BMW in your first words, like, I'm not following you. I'm sorry. Just like, I mean, it's just one of those things, right? But there, there. We can't have it. We can't have it either or, right? It can't be right. all digital ownership and and cliche and no physical. It can't be right. all physical and no digital, right? So right. I do look at some projects that are going to do that very well, right? And that can be that can be merch in collaboration with things, right? Like I I am a fan of like what if what if because of what 
merch I was given, I attend an event and I get certain access to certain something that then gives me an exclusive. Like if I get access to a blind auction for certain products only because I hold this NFT and I bought this merch that unlocked this physical auction and I could get a Sidney Crosby signed jersey, right? Like, like, like right. let's connect these dots, right? Because like, I think sometimes people get it wrong when we think like exclusivity is still the name of its game, right? But 100%. it's it's that it's that weird mix where we have to have an inclusive culture that provides exclusive benefits, <laughs> that has exclusive utility and exclusive offers. And I think the other problem with this is that buying them with Chuck E. Cheese tickets, I can't, I don't, I, I, I still struggle with that, right? I, 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 I'm gonna double down with these Chuck E. Cheese tickets, right? Because right. There is something to be said. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I was a Foursquare mayor, right? Like on waves, every time I report the police officer on my route to pick up my daughters, it gives me plus six points. I have no idea what the plus six points have ever given me on ways. But you know what I but do every single time I see a cop? I'm like, I got that dude. Like literally it's on my home screen of my iPhone. Like, and I get nothing for it. So like, let's be very clear. I'm a market that says, give that guy Chuck E. Cheese tickets because he doesn't even, he doesn't even know, he doesn't even, he can't even figure out the Chuck E. Cheese stand and he's still collecting the damn tickets. Like that's, that's me. <laughs> but in a way, part of what we sell on web two versus web three, when I sit there and look at what my daughters, they put, my daughters uh, the other night were plugging in their, their gift cards for Roblox. And all I thought was, well, there goes more money into Roblox, right? Like, like, <laughs> And like I, my daughters are literally feeding the web two engine while yep. I'm preaching about the web three engine. Yet I believe a lot of the tokenomics gamification marketplaces are way more Roblox than they are what we thought they would become in web three. So yep. I struggle with that. Um, but I also think like um, knock, knock, knock regulators, uh, knock, knock, knock SEC at like you you people that are supposedly doing us favors, protecting the American people, protecting us from our, you haven't done shit. Like you've literally nah. done us not like of, of all of the failures in 2022 at any point interjection would have been okay. Like, and, and I, you know, like you mentioned this early on, like I'm a little worried that thanks to freaking SPF and FTX, because he was the one advising these people, which, Let's not even get into the psychology of that. Like they finally started right. to listen to somebody and they happened to listen to that dude. I mean, like, dude. right. I mean, are we going to go to a world where all of a sudden every, every time we move something to an exchange, there's like a tax form that we pop up. Like, like, I mean, right. we could go like regulators are pretty good at going extreme alls. Right. Cause I worked in cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is really good at that. Right. It's like no right. minimum password and then 30 character, not in a definite, not in a dictionary, no words, a different, uppercase, lowercase, numbers, binary. Like, I mean, we literally are great at extremes. But 100%. I will say the, the piece of this that I think we have to start thinking about as well is AR, VR, metaverse, and even like, let's just say like the the, the merch and the offline. Like, so like I have the, the stuffies from Friends, right? There's no QR code baked into that stuffy to, for me to scan to know what is the peacock in the the friends ecosystem? Right. Like we 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 can't. I, I think this is where I would I would I would put it. I'd love to hear your take. Like, if we're going to go into the 
offline physical merch, physical pieces um, world, we have to integrate them on the blockchain. They have to be blockchainable. I mean, I, I was talking about this a year ago. Like, give me, give me digital twins all day long. Give yep. me a digital identity where it's connecting every vehicle. Because, like, if you want to know what vehicle I'm driving and you want to know what my maintenance record is, why are my oil chains not on the blockchain? Yep. You know how much easier it would be to sell a car that when someone said, oh, you want to sell this car? You pull up the blockchain, you see how many oil chains they got, when they got their last yep. tires. All of these immutable on the blockchain. Like, it put, let's take put car facts out of business. Oh, my God. Think about that. Think, think about how – because, like, you know, Carfax exists because we realized we couldn't trust anybody about right. their actual car. You know, like someone opens right. their glove box with all the receipts and they're like, hey, <laughs> right. my car. I remember my dad going through like each one of them. Like, he's like, I can't believe he waited for 3,500 miles to get his oil changed. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, the fact that he right. gets his receipts to me seems like right. that is a good dude. I'll buy his car. <laughs> right. Right. But, but I think like, the, 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 the bigger piece for me of this is that I worry is that we throw some of these valuable components, but we don't put them on the blockchain. And then yep. I don't know if we do ourselves a favor in the long run. Like, I feel like we just go back to spinning the same wheel that we've already been to. And, and that's with like, I mean, I, I heard about these breakable baseball cards, right? Like there's a, my TikTok has a, I have a very diverse talk, TikTok feed. <laughs> and like lately it's about these, this company that apparently was paying some of the card manufacturers to give them certain serial numbers that would guarantee certain rarity. Therefore, every schmo like myself that thinks I have the same percentage of opening a pack and getting a rare one, all of a sudden I was duped in baseball cards, which shouldn't right. be like, right. I, mean, I mean, let's face it, we shouldn't, that shouldn't be breaking news. But I, I say right. that because I would hate for us eight years from now to be doing the same thing with all the physical things that we buy in this in web three. I mean, like right. just like the baseball card world where, or even like the Pokemon world where someone they're breaking Charizard packets and resending them for verification, getting a higher grade and selling them for hundreds of thousands of dollars or more. Like, right. Hey, when it's graded, put it on the blockchain, put it with a serial number. You know what? You break the case. You don't get to get regraded. It's already been graded, right? Like these are things right. that like, I think we have to get towards. And I'm a little worried that, 2023 will be a lot of physicals, but not a lot of them that are blockchain enabled. Yeah, I think I, I think you're 100 right. I think I think that's just going to take time because I think what if you think about it, like you have to, you can't. We are us as consumers already have habits, right? When I go buy a sweatshirt, when I go buy something physical, like I got habits, right? I go, I go check out. I go, I can go wash it. I can go put it in my in my in my closet. I can pull it out. I can wear it whenever I want to, right? Like that's that's simple, right? There's there's always a the downside when you start bringing in new technologies and things like that that you can overcomplicate and you have to change users' behaviors. And so I think with 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 what you're talking about by you know basically tying physical products to the blockchain and from a consumer standpoint. I don't think the use cases out there. Why me as a consumer value that? Like, I, why, why do I care that my hoodie is on there? Why do I care that that toy is on there? Now, from a collectible standpoint, that makes sense, right? From from you know, we're sneakerheads. From shoes, auth- authenticating shoes and authenticating collectibles, things like that. There's definitely a use case for there, but I would argue the user experience 
is not where it needs to be yet. And I think that's what's going to hold right. that back until until we make wallets easier, until we make transferring um, USD or fiat to to uh, crypto easier, and until we actually make that whole user journey from transferring, purchasing, buying, acquiring, storing in a very smooth way. And I think that's if you're a UX UI designer, I would be licking my chops in this space because there's so much opportunity for improving that. I think that's going to allow for faster adoption of this. But I, I, but I, like you said, I think there is going to be, I think there's going to be smoke, there's going to be use cases coming into play. And I think we look back at, like, look at back at the ticketing standpoint, right? Like, when with the NFL and, and the Super Bowl, right? Like I got now, I got a, a digital collectible of me attending a game, a PO app of me actually attending a game, right? Now, at some point in time, there's going to be some additional utility tied to that. So I think that's where having a physical product tying it to the blockchain that then unlocks something new or unlocks something additional for that. I think that's where more use cases are going to start coming to play. I think that's just a natural. Imagine, imagine today. So today was the Winter Classic, right? So. When they scanned the audience, there were people that had – there were jerseys made just for the Winter Classic, right? For the Boston Perfect. Bruins, the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey game. Imagine if everyone that bought that jersey, when you went to go buy your beer, your beer was $2. Right. And it was scanned because you bought the jersey and attended the game at the physical state. The, 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 the transactional terminal wouldn't have to be any different, right? When you went up nope. to buy – you literally scan, like, scan, you know, just like Apple Pay. We know how easy that is, right? Oh, wait, they have a jersey. And, like, all of a sudden now I have a jersey and I attended that Winter Classic. What if someone was at that Winter Classic and they've been the last five Winter Classics? Right. What if their first drink was free? Because we could prove that they went to those five. So you're right. Like, the UI, UX needs to be there. I think the use cases are going to fall out of the sky when we, when we get some of that, like, functionality out there. And I'm excited to see where that kind of comes into Because just what you just said, like, should it, if you're listening to this, that should freaking excite you, especially if you're a business owner. Because from a business standpoint now, I will know down to my customer level – Think of a CRM, but like a, a walking CRM. Now I know yeah. who you are in person, what you've purchased, what, 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 how much have you been to my event or my experience, all that stuff. I can reward you. And that's like, you go back to like the crux of what web three is. It is being able to provide, put value back into the consumer's hands to reward yep. them in some form or fashion. We, everybody wants to talk about tokens, but exactly what you said, a beer. I was just at the chiefs Texans game, right? Like if I, if I was there and I got something exclusive because I had an NFT or I had a, a chief's Jersey from an NFT that I purchased, whatever, like that just changes the game on user loyalty consumer loyalty, excuse me, as well as value that can be transferred and rewarded to individual people, right? And I think that's where I think there's going to, I 100% agree. I think it's going to freaking fall from the sky, these physical in-person utilities based off of owning something that can be verified on a digital, in a digital realm, aka a blockchain. But I will tell you, if I'm at that stand and I'm wanting to get a beer, I'm not going to wait 90 seconds for a transaction to go through. Right, but to be able to be, be able to, do, I want to be able to swipe my card or what? And, yeah, Apple Pay's ruined us for everything. Literally, right. if right. I ain't double clicking and it's not popping up saying right. approve. Right. <laughs> so that so that once again that goes back to that user experience. Like you can't overcomplicate something. Now there's going to be right. us nerds that just want to use the technology and love it and are willing to have the patience for that. But I'll tell you, like right, like my wife has no patience with tech. She's like, I want to watch something and I don't want it to buffer. And I'm like, I got Cody. I can download. I can stream. I can blah, blah, blah. She's like, why can't I just turn on TV and watch it? I'm like, 
but you can get anything like the world is your oyster when it comes to this. Right. So like that's that use case of like for us to get mass adoption with that and and and, and to get that that tie between physical and digital, it, it's going to have to be a better user experience from that transactional standpoint. But I will argue like one thing you mentioned, though, like. I think, and I'm, I, I keep going back to sports because I know you're a sports fan. I'm a sports fan, so sorry if you're listening to this. You're not a sports fan, but that's like, like that's what I want to. I'm gonna the, the example I'm gonna use. But like, if I could, if I go to a Chiefs game every year, away games, home, I go to Kansas City. Sometimes we go to different stadiums. Sometimes, like I would love if you're listening to this Chiefs, I believe, you reach out to me. I would love for them to hook me up with something for like, dude, yeah, you go to a game every year in a new state. What if, what if I went to watch a Chiefs game in every NFL stadium? Like how valuable would that be? Right. Like the, the people do that for major league baseball. So like from a, from yeah. a, a, a business standpoint, talking about loyalty, your, your loyalty program just unlocks to a whole nother levels when you can actually personalize it for individual use cases versus saying here, here's our standardized thing based off how much you spend. Here's what you're going to get. No, no. How much have you engaged with us? How much have you experienced with us? How much have you, like, how loyal are you? What are the other things that you've gone? And all that stuff can be tracked, man. Let's go. You know, like, I mean, you know how many marketing executives were coming to me three years ago and said, Brian, we are scared of the IRL experience dying by the 4K TV. Why would someone leave their couch for their 4K TV watching a sporting event to go to a personal event? We just gave you the why a thousand times over, right? Incentivize, right. reward, celebrate. Like, I've even thought about the fact that, like, what if every fan that was had a certain – if you went to this many games during the season and then you were able to attend the, the season finale of the NFL, which we – the season finale and preseason are often ends up being like the duds of, right, of right. The, you know, the sporting event, right? And, and, and no owner likes to see vacant seats that are out there, right? But what if you were able to prove that and all of a sudden you got a completely different experience on the last game for those that, that went there? And, and right. the, the best part of the tracking – the monitoring, the logging of all this is seamless as all hell. Like the technology is the front end. Like right. the blockchain <laughs> makes all of this happen. Like it's not like like for anyone that makes this sound like it's like oh my god, how would they manage that? How would they police it? How, the blockchain fixes all that. Like we That's we couldn't figure out how to police it or manage it for the last twenty years. Like hence why right. I had to wait out overnight to buy an iPhone every freaking night. That every year <laughs> I was the, the idiot. Like you know, ticket number thirteen, sleeping outdoors the whole time, going. I got to sleep outdoors every, I, I sleep outdoors seven iPhone drops. Like <laughs> You're to, insane, to get dude. them You're high insane. money <laughs> to get my technology early. Like think about that. Like when we tell our kids that when they're older, holy, they're going to look up. We are the dumbest And like, wait, <laughs> you were so loyal to that brand and they gave you nothing that you slept out overnight to get early access to pay a premium for the color you couldn't even get that you wanted because it was sold out in front of you and you still wanted to get it because you don't want to waste your sleeping outside. Like, like literally that was the world. <laughs> like it, right. it's so wild that like, like if I'm thinking about this from like all of those examples, right? Like how do you defeat 4k? How do you, how do you rethink virtual experiences? Right. For someone that watches your event in VR a certain right. amount of times, Cirque du Soleil, like I heard Cirque du Soleil right. preparing for VR, which I think is genius because Cirque du Soleil would just, Oh my god! Like I just can't imagine. Like, give me Circus Soleil in VR. But imagine what if you had that, like, that first that first person experience of of, of that person doing a like, bro. Like, that's I get be front row seats at Circus Soleil. Right. Like I've been to Circus Soleil twice. Once I had a client pay for me, and I was in a box, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Second yep. time, Cheapo Fanzo was paying, 
and I was like behind behind the guy and I was like I can't why can I not hear the speakers oh they're facing the majority of people not me like so like if I was able to do that VR but like think about that from like a, a metaverse like, let's go like whole way right if you attend if you attend this many in the metaverse you get an NFT with right. this many of these NFTs if you show up to an in real life one when the show ends you get to stay come down the front row and the last 30 minutes are done just for you all of it's managed by the same ticketing software, same ticketing manager. And now you just reward people that cared about you for 365 days. Man, I mean, I'm telling you. So like, and, and I'm, and I'm like, dude, like, so you just think of like, so I'm going to go back. So rare, right? The, the, the fantasy sports um, yep. thing, like they, they crushed it during the world cup. They have NBA on that stuff. Like they were giving, they were playing that game to give you like the world cup free to play. And you could have opportunities to go like do a kick around with an athlete, yep. one of the athletes. You get signed jerseys, all the other stuff, right? I'll even give a shout out. I was going to mention this earlier. Give a shout out to personal corner, Des Bryant, right? You buy one. Yes. Of their, he has five athletes on there. You get one of their NFTs. You get a signed jersey from that athlete on there, right? Like, so that tying yep. that physical to, to, to digital, like that's on a simplified version. He's using his connections to be able to bring yeah, that hey, to and the Meta athletes is doing it as well. Meta athletes is right. And meta athletes uh, as well, uh, right? And stuff, right. Yep. That's super cool. But, but like, you know, if you if you're listening to this, you haven't you can't tell yet. Look, I'm a Chiefs fan, and and, and I and I, we didn't we say we're we were going to only talk about football on this uh, on this podcast, right? But, <laughs> I think that's what Delphi kind of told us beforehand. She said she yeah, said, make sure you guys talk about football on this, right? Um, but you know, I will tell you, like, I took my son to his first football game a couple weeks ago, right? First of all, he, he's he's two years old. First oh, football game. Pictures were, oh, pictures were beautiful, right. my friend. I was right. Proud dad now here's the thing. Through your fixtures, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've been going to Chiefs games for like 12 years. I've never had an experience like I had at that game. Why? Because after the game, I won't talk about how we did it. We had a good conversation, met the right people. We got to go to the friends and family section underneath the stadium after the game, and we got to go actually have some conversations with some of the Chiefs players. Now I'm sitting here thinking about this. I'm like. This was like one of the best experiences that I've ever had. I'm so happy to share with my wife and my and my son and some of our friends. We got to experience it. Like, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, uh, Tommy Townsend, all these people we're going to meet that I watch on TV. And I'm talking small conversations, like 30 second, 45 second, Justin Reed, all this. I got a fist pump from Patrick Mahomes, right? But like, I'm just sitting here thinking about this. Like, what did that cost? What would that cost the Chiefs if they allowed somebody to have that opportunity? With showing from loyalty, I'm not saying I need to have it, but I'm saying like if you've attended enough games and you were entered into a raffle that you got to go shake hands with athletes after the fact, right? People that we look up to. Now, and I'm just talking about sports. We can apply this to the music industry. We can apply this to yeah. a movie industry. Any entertainment component of this, there's so much opportunity for people that we look up to or we are entertained by that they can have a whole another level of access from this technology and rewarding users who are your most loyal followers, audience members, et cetera, customers. And so like, that's, what's most exciting. I think that's where you're looking at these brands starting to position themselves because you can do the same thing on a physical, some of that buys, like you look at Tiffany's. I also use Tiffany's as an example. We talked about them earlier, dude, if I bought five things from Tiffany's, they can reward me with that, or they could give me a whole new, their user in real life experience. You saw Gucci doing that, right? Now you're going to yep. get free access to the, not only the digital uh, or the virtual um, uh, fashion show, they're going to have exclusive events that only you get access to, right? So like- Yeah, early the products. Products before they come out to the masses, right? Like that's Right, and you get early access, right? And so like, that's where like, I look like brands or, or, or anybody that has some form of entertainment, like 
they should be so excited about what this opportunity, this technology is. And like you said, all that's done on the blockchain. The front end needs some help. That definitely needs some improvements. But the back end, bro, that's solid. Like that's good. We can, we can, we can, we can operate off that. And so, like that opens up endless opportunities that we've never been able to have access to or being able to manage from an operational standpoint in a very efficient manner. And I think that's what's going to be cool about how we start merging virtual and physical, going back to what we were talking about, into the space from a utility standpoint. Because it doesn't have to be more tokens. It doesn't have to be another NFT drop. It doesn't have to be something of actual dollars and cents. It can be experiences. It can be opportunities to, to unlock experiences, right? This is what Starbucks is doing, right? You get you collect these stamps and you can have an opportunity to win that uh, uh, trip to Costa Rica, right? So like just having that opportunity is going to make you want to push that button on the Waze app or collect that ticket at, at Chuck E. Cheese just to have that opportunity to do that, right? And so that's where I'm super excited about this stuff. And I just, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. And it, sometimes it takes longer than what we want, just like we wanted the metaverse happen in 2022. And, you know, that's not happening. But at some point in time, we're going to look back and be like, damn, it was all worth the wait because look what we can look what we're able to do now. And I'll, I'll, it's funny you said that whole 4K TV because it's like change like people are so against change because they're scared of how it may take away what they built right now versus looking at it the other way of saying what how does it enhance what we're already offering the people that we serve and what are the new things that we don't, we, we are able to do now with this new stuff that we haven't been able to do. Cause like you were saying with Circus do, uh, Circus, do, Circus of Soul or what is it? Circle of Life? Circus of Life. Yeah. Circus of Life. Yeah. So what they're doing. Right. Or like just imagine what Disney's going to be able to do once they've oh. been full force into this stuff. Right. They're dabbling around their plane and they got their, their, their R and D working on this stuff. But like, what we know as entertainment today is going to change because we're going to get so much different access. If I can sit at home, let me ask you this, Panzo. One question: You have you have you have season tickets for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Right. Are they front row, fifty yard line? Um. Uh. No. No. Let's just close, say twenty yard line, third from the top of the the very last right. seat. In All right. All right. So let me ask you this: What if when you bought season tickets? You were able to unlock something that would like from a virtual reality standpoint, be able to say, hey, I can actually see this game front row. Like, like just think about that because you've you've bought season tickets for four years or five years, let's say, hey, for this season, we're going to give you your tickets, but we're also going to have be able to unlock this opportunity for you to be able to watch any game you want from the front row through VR. Right. Like I would like you think I paid money for red zone NFL red zone right now. Like, what would I pay to be able to watch front row or on the field, right? Views that we wouldn't even have opportunities to see as 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 uh, fans, right? So, like, man, we you know what? I mean, think about it from a fan perspective, right? We know where stadiums and teams make money, right? It's right. merchandise and it's it's stadium food and, and they, 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 they want butts and seats, right? Well, how do you get butts and seats? To your point, if you go to every home game for the year, you get to have – exclusive VR access to the playoffs for all of the playoff games exclusive. If you attend now, now I get to, and how do you prove attendance, right? It's very easy on the blockchain, right? We have, we have proof of (laughs) of protocol via physical location. All of a sudden that unlocks, like that is like the, the, the place that we're going. And we also just, you know, Jordan, I think I have to give you some sad news in the case. Um, Your son's going to grow up. And right now he is like that, like most acute, adorable phase where he's literally going to get you backstage access to Travis Kelsey's locker room. I mean, you got it right now. That kid is stinking cute, but 
all of a sudden they get a little older. They care a yeah. little bit less about being put on display to get me behind the ropes. Like I used to be like, hey, I, I need you to ask. I used to hold my youngest, my oldest daughter. I'm like, you ask. We're gonna get, we're gonna get that front row seat that's blocked off for somebody else. Now right. they're like, yeah, right, Dad. So it, we all like, that's that's part of this this piece of, of the conversation. Hey, so, hey, before that happens, I just need to get Patrick Mahomes and and Andy Reid's <laughs> signature on that jersey. If I can get, because I got Kelsey, I need Mahomes and Big Red. I get the trifecta. I'll be my son will pay off go. some of his debt that he's stacked up. Hey, already. we had Juju on the show. You never know who's listening to uh, uh Juju. To come on now, right? I, I need you yeah, too. Yeah, that was a good one too. So, um, so as we're kind of wrapping and we're talking about like utility, right? We right. we kind of touched on a little, a lot of like the different components here. But you know, I think there's also just the let's kind of flip, you know, flip it away from brands, flip it away from experiences, away from sports, and think about it from the either the individual founder or yep. the membership component, right? Like, let's think about it from that side. If you're going to look at a project to invest in, let's just say in the next three months, and it's more membership based, right? And I say membership based, I mean, you know, you're getting access to, you know, exclusive content, exclusive, you know, uh, yep. you know, let's just say behind the red rope type experiences. What do they need to include or how do they need to present that as a utility Jordash to give a crap moving forward. Like, what would be your answer to that? I think we'll wrap on the, on that. Uh, yeah, 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 that's a great question. So, here, number one, they need to understand who the hell I am. What do I want? What my desires are. That's the biggest mistake I see projects make right now. They're trying to sell to anybody and everybody that would buy their project, right? And this is where I think the, the next evolution of projects are going to happen is. And this is what we're already doing. Like, this is this is how businesses are ran in, in, in the Web two space. Right? I hate even say Web two. Like, in in, in the non Web three space, you know, like you don't serve everybody. You serve a, a certain group of people because you can go solve their problems or giving them experiences that they, they are seeking for, right? So like from a Jordan, if you're looking at Jordash Johnson, I, I already invest a lot of money in business masterminds, right? Wanting to run my business to help me grow and scale my business, right? So like, and I'm, I'm doing that for two reasons, from a network standpoint and group think standpoint. So I can actually help, they can, I can help solve problems and they can help solve problems in my business to help me grow and scale. But on the second thing is I'm looking at it from an expertise standpoint and, and being able to save me time from learning and being able to keep me on top where it takes time to, it, it, to, to stay on top of a space changing as much as this space or changing as, as, as quickly as in, if you're running a business as with trends are happening, consumer behaviors are happening, technologies are happening, tools like that takes time to find, research, test and use. So you can shortcut that by aligning yourself with people who, who love to do that. And that's what they do for a lot of their time and learn from them. Right. I want to I don't I don't have time to go read the book but I have time to listen to you and give me the cliff notes of the book of what you just read and you've experienced. So I want that. I want that same knowledge. So I'm willing to invest in projects that are aligned with me. I'm an entrepreneur. So I, that is, it's, it's my family and my business and my, and my people. Those are like my, my, that's my trifecta, right? So like, if you can help me enhance one of those three things, let's have a conversation. Right. And then my next question is, okay, how is that going to help expand that? And, and what like what problem are you solving for me right now? So like, for example, in my business, if I'm, in, if I'm looking at a membership or I'm looking at a mastermind to invest in, what are the problems I'm facing now? Where are, are the people that are in this place already ahead of where I'm at? Can they help pull me along and help me guide me of, of, um, avoid the mistakes that they've potentially made along the way to help me short circuit that? That's what I'm looking for, right? From like, from like a, a guidance standpoint. So it's, it's education. It's experience and it is expertise are kind of the three things that I would look for 
And it has to be around something that I'm interested in. That's where like people got to understand when you're when you're creating something like this, you have to know who are you going after. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the blockchain and niching down on the blockchain uh, with like specific use cases and, and, mm -hmm. and pains and problems. It's the exact same thing. So you may not have a 10,000 piece collection for a membership. It may be a thousand people or 500 people to get started with because I am going after specific people with specific problems or specific things they're seeking. And then we're going to expand from there. Right. And it's like, you don't need 10,000 people for a membership. And I'll probably argue, you probably don't have the infrastructure, not you, just this person that's running this imaginary project. Um, the infrastructure set up to support that much, that many people right. in an effective way. Right. So that's where, that's a difference between like a membership and a PFP project. You have to support them. Like you need to give them a result. Like what is that result? Somebody's going to be able to to walk away with when they're done, when their time is done from that membership, and then say, "What did I just get for my investment? Here's what. Here are the things that I can take away from." Like that is some. That is a question that is not asked in PFP projects, right? It's not like, "Hey, I'm investing in. I'm not going to like more name a project, but I'm investing in this PFP. What am I going to like walk away with this? No, it's usually like, well, what are they doing? What can I get for? Not what am I going to walk away with from a results, a tangible results standpoint. I think we'll get there from a, an industry standpoint. I think that's just that consistent evolution of of the sophistication of a market. But I think from a membership standpoint, as as somebody who runs a membership. I'm always asking myself, what result am I doing and how can I make sure I'm always providing a result for my members of tangible value? And that tangible value is not dictated by me. And I'll actually call it a perceived value. It's not by it's perceived, not what's, yeah. Jordash, what, what Jordash perceives the value as. It is what is the, what is Jordash's members perceive the value as. I need to know what that perception is from their perspective so I can serve them on their level and what they perceive. And I think there's a big opportunity for a lot of projects that are only looking at it from their lenses of the founders and or what are other projects doing to, to offer value versus saying, hey, put my blinders on, only focus on the people in my in my in my space. What do they want and how can I go provide that? I saw a quote on uh, a book I was reading the other day. And it was the best business people are the people that listen. That's it. You need to listen to what people want and what their desires are and the problems are and go solve that. It is pretty business is pretty simple. We overcomplicate this a lot. And I when I say business, I'm saying projects and founders, et cetera. And so like that is the key, I would argue, is figure out what is that, what is their perception of value and serve them on that and throw what your thoughts are away. Because I, I had a mentor tell me that he's like, Jordash, it doesn't matter what you think or what you want, because what you think or what you want is not going to pull that money out of their wallet. And it's true, right? It's, it's yeah. what do they want, right? That's, so that'd be the argument. And so like, if going back to your original question, what would get Jordash to join the membership? Well, you need to know who I am. And I kind of, if you were listening, this is, I, I told you I'm an entrepreneur that looking to either scale my business or increase my relationships with, with my friends and my families. And then you need to be able to position your membership in a way that's, that will amplify one of those two areas and or solve a problem in one of those two areas for me. But you're not going to know that unless you know who you're serving. And that's where I think a lot of founders and creators need to take the time to get to know who they're serving versus just saying, Let's build a Discord community and let's get whoever clicks on a on a tweet into this community versus like, mm, are these the right people? And I, this goes back to you mentioned it earlier um, when they were talking about earlier projects of minting out in six days. And I was like, oh, no, it's a slow burn. We need to get away from that slow burn. I've heard you on podcast talk about that. That's, that's such a vanity metric. It's like I would rather have a project that mints out in a year and a half that gets the right people in there than something that can mint out in 15 minutes that's going to get people that I'm, I'm not even looking to serve. 
So that's that's a big, um, I think, switch that's going to be happening in the space. And it's going to be a good thing. Amen. I love that. And, you know, for everyone that's thinking about trying to get Jordash, you, he told you, or you just get him Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes autograph <laughs> uh, your NFT. So he pretty much gave you the blueprint to getting a Jordash. You get access, access to my wallet. You knock out one of those things, you got my wallet. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Jordash Roffer, I mean, I'm looking forward to this year. Excited to co-host with you um, throughout the year. We're going to bring more of this type of conversation you know, covering a little bit of news, covering a little bit of like kind of like some of the macro and micro uh, topics. And uh, this is a lot of fun. I, I, you know, shout out to uh, audience as well. You know, we had a lot of great feedback on that last episode that you and I did together. Uh, people nice. really hit me up and being like, man, I just really loved, you know, we, we can't turn the passion off. Like, you know, you and I have traveled together. We've been in, we've been in Ohio and we've been in London. I mean, <laughs> and, and, like in San Diego. Like we've, we've had many drinks in all of, places. Uh, <laughs> yes. So we don't know how to turn it off. So we're we're excited that you know, you are everyone here is listening. Um, we if we do have an ask for everybody, you know, please if you do enjoy this episode, share this out on your favorite social network. Tag us. Let us know what you're enjoying. If you have ideas or suggestions, topics, news that you would love us to cover, hit us up. Uh, Jordash Johnson or iSocialFans on the socials. It's in our in the show notes or in the links here um, on the video as well. Uh, Jordash, another great episode. Another episode. That we, you know, we started off with just a couple small topics that we could knock out in 20 minutes. And about 90 minutes later, we got this episode in the bag. And uh, it was a lot of fun, at, my friend. At least we are consistent. We are consistently at 90 minutes-ish. <laughs> 90 minutes-ish? Hey, that, maybe that's the segment, what it's called. But uh, until uh, next time, my friends, uh, from Jordan Johnson, Brian Fanzo, make it a great day, my friends. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, 